Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me at 215-259-3687 or on the web at <clears throat> newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about depositions, which are kind of a critical part of the discovery process. So let's say your lawyer and you were unable to reach you know, an agreement with the insurance carrier or the other side to settle your case. The next step is to file your case, and you have to do that you know, before the statute of limitations runs, usually at least six months before we'd prefer. But every situation is different. So you file your case, which means the lawyer writes up a complaint. <clears throat> and eventually, you got to give a deposition. This is kind of like the one part where the client really has to do the work, where the lawyer can't. Um, so what does that mean? Like, you know, most of the time when I'm working on a case... The client may not even know what's going on, like I'm filing a complaint or I'm answering this or I'm doing that. I'm looking for experts. I'm collecting medical records. But the client is sort of in the background on all that and really doesn't have to do much heavy lifting. You know, the critical part for the client is the deposition. That's the one time when the lawyer for the other side gets a chance to, you know, question the client pretty much willy-nilly about anything they want. Now, before the deposition, you know, if you're a good responsible lawyer, you will have met with your client and prepared them for their testimony. Now, different lawyers prepare clients differently. You know, I, I think that if you have a good responsible lawyer and you have a good case, you will want to prepare at least the day before, if not a few days before, just to give you and your lawyer a chance to hammer out anything that was problematic or concerning or you needed to chase down this or that. So, for example, maybe, you know, you and your lawyer meet and there's a recorded statement that's been taken <clears throat> and all you've been given or the lawyer's been given is the transcribed portion. And sometimes, you know, transcription is not accurate or, you know, was done in a rushed manner. But let's say you don't have the audio, the actual audio, and you tell the lawyer, look, there's no way I said that. I was driving a Hyundai Sonata because I drive a Volvo S2. You know, is that important or not important? It's not really that important, but there, you know, you could come up with a bunch of situations where you could say what, that whatever's transcribed there is not what I said. That's not how I speak. So maybe you and your lawyer have a chance to reach out to the other side and say, look, I need the audio before my client testifies, or at the very least, I need the audio before the case moves farther. So it's stuff like that you can discuss. You know, I like to have my clients have in mind a theme for the case before they go in and, and get cross-examined. Most people can answer what their date of birth is, you know, where they went to high school. I don't need to prepare you on that. But, you know, people get stressed by these situations. They're, they're stressful for lawyers in different ways because we want you to do well in the case, you know, you know, your first impression on the other lawyer or your impression as a deponent or as a witness is significant. But I don't get nervous because I'm not the one being cross-examined necessarily. Now, if you're the one being cross-examined, most of the time, this is kind of new to you. 
And then you're in a room being cross-examined by someone who you think is a, you know, responsible lawyer or who you're upset with for not paying what you think the case is worth, etc. So there's, you know, an adversarial component. You got to sort of prepare for it because, you know, in my mind at least, forewarned is forearmed or whatever that saying is. You know, preparation never hurts. Um you know, the worst thing preparation can do is make you sound like you've prepared. <laughs> so, um, you know, a, an unprepared witness is like shooting fish in a barrel for a lawyer. So, you know, we try and avoid that. So, you know, the next question is really like, okay, well, what sort of a theme do you want? And, you know, these are a lot of the cases I handle are fairly simple fact pattern someone was hit by a car or some car was hit by a car and there's injury that resulted but clients you know don't really know that necessarily it's not a simple case to them it's the one time they've been in a serious car accident maybe it's the one time in their lives they're going to be in a lawsuit so they don't know what's simple or not simple so for a client it's sometimes you know i give them something to grab onto for those moments when they're stressed out you know, where they're like, oh, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, so, you know, simple themes are like, well, what can you do or not do? And you sort of practice like, look, I can no longer, whatever it is, I can no longer put my hair in a ponytail. I can no longer, um, you know, do my yoga or, you know, and the theme is generally like, look, I didn't ask for this. Nothing, you know, I, I didn't do anything to bring this on. The other guy said he's at fault. You know, and now I'm injured. And, you know, themes can be anything you want to come up with. But, you know, they have to be true and accurate and, and be helpful to the client. It's basically just a memory trick to get the client to sort of explain fully what's going on. So, you know, for example, yesterday I had a deposition with a lady and she's limited tort. And one of the things with limited tort is you need to explain, you know, for the record, essentially, how you're seriously impaired in a bodily function as opposed to you know how painful your injury has been so you know a quick easy way for most people to do that is to say you know i can't perform my activities of daily living or adls now you know some of my clients are are cnas or nurses and they know what adls are so if you tell them hey look you know, a short little mnemonic or way to remember this is I can't do my ADLs. That kind of triggers in their mind, you know, they know how to answer a question when it says, when a lawyer says open, it feeds them a long sort of open-ended question that, you know, is a, it's a lawyer device says, oh, well, is there anything else that's bothering you? You know, that very vague, open-ended question may seem like no big deal to the client, but it can be problematic in ways the client doesn't realize. So if a lawyer at the end of a deposition says, is there anything else that, you know, is bothering you about this? And you say, nope. Then, you know, a year later when the case is at trial and you've spent a lot more time thinking about the case and you can enumerate for a jury all 14,000 things that this has affected, you should be pretty damn sure that the lawyer 
who cross-examined you at your deposition is going to bring out that single question saying, well, ma'am, Mrs. Jones, didn't I ask you about anything else that was bothering you and you said no? So what does that make you look like at your trial? At your trial, it makes you look like you're making stuff up, which is bad. It makes you look like you're exaggerating stuff that's not wasn't there. And it makes the lawyer look like he got you and, and you know, there's a problem with you, not with the lawyer. So we don't want that to happen. So how do we avoid that? Well, for those big open-ended questions, you know, try and remind the client to say, hey, give them your complaints. And sometimes the clients don't think about things in those terms. And so if they say, well, I can't do my ADLs, that forces the lawyer on the other side to, you know, ask further questions. And then the client can be prompted by the other lawyer, whether the other lawyer realizes it or not, and unload, you know, the litany of things that have been thrown off by this nonsense driving by their client. So, you know, that's sort of the the key things are, are just getting the plaintiff in a personal injury case to relate what's been going on. You wouldn't be at this stage in discovery with a deposition going on if they didn't have something worth pursuing and something worth talking about. So most clients, when properly you know, prompted can can give you the litany of, of events that's brought them to the deposition. Um, and they're usually totally fine with that. It's just they need to be able to recognize they're being given the opportunity to, you know, list their complaints and they have to do so. And failure to do so creates more problems than otherwise necessary. So that's a little bit on depositions. I hope you're doing well. Again, this is Ask Andy. I'm Andrew Newworth. Have a great day.